all right. In today's episode, we have Vinod. Vinod is our stellar campus hire from I am Bangalore. Uh, he's done a really great job in his career here in the last three years. Uh, he joined ABIMBEF in operations in 2018, was our first uh, campus hire and has set up a lot of internal processes, has worked directly with me and with the global VP of operations and has a very accelerated career uh, and became this year a senior manager in a very short span of time, in three years' time. So Vinod is also a mentor to a lot of the newer batches of our campus hires and for sure has a lot to share. So welcome, Vinod. Humble to be here. All right. So let's start with your background. So I think you're an engineer by training, right, or by formation. Uh, and I think you even used to work as an engineer. Yeah. So I became an engineer to realize that I was not an engineer. Typical engineer. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so to just like take it back, right, like uh, my childhood and everything happened in a small uh, town called Madurai in the south of Tamil Nadu. And when I was a kid, uh, we were not exposed to a lot of information. Same thing with my parents as well. So as a kid, I didn't even know there are colleges like NITs and IITs till my final year of the school. Huh. So a lot of other people do the preparations and stuff, but I didn't even know such colleges exist. And as a kid, I was always interested in chemistry. I used to like pick up some baking soda here and there, play around it. So always interested in that and wanted to do science. In fact, I got into a good university where I got an MS integrated course for science. But engineering, I wrote the AIEEE, it also happened and I got an admission to NIT Trichy. And my parents said that like maybe engineering is good for you. Right. Yeah. It was a lot of people doing the engineering stuff and even I didn't have the information and parents, they always think good for you. So I thought like, okay, let me go and do this engineering. For good years, uh, it was amazing in NIT Trichy. Uh, I learned a lot. I got a lot of friends. A lot of my friends right now, some good friends are from that campus. And in the final year, I was fortunate again to get placed in a core company. A core company is something, mm -hmm. an engineer getting placed for an engineering job. That doesn't happen uh, often. So yeah. that was kind of a, spe a special situation. And I felt proud about it and then joined the company. It was Murugappa Group. The group was amazing. My first job over there, uh, the role was in Andhra Pradesh. I needed to like travel from my uh, home state to a neighboring state. Never done that before. Went there. Uh, but once I went into that role, I realized the personality, my personality and that role didn't like really match. So the engineering job, I, I was an assistant engineer in a fertilizer plant where I get up, go to the office. Uh, there will be specific set of instructions, which is the SOP. I follow that. I don't deviate anything. No experimentation, nothing. Go there, do that, see some monitors, come back. That's the work. So even if I try to like take in some additional projects and drive it, there was no f uh, scope for that. So that's mm. when I realized, okay, this is not something which matches with my personality and I understood that engineering is not the kind of work I wanted to do. Yeah. All right. So, and then you decided to go for an MBA. Yeah, it was more of a forced decision, I would say. 
right? Like uh, the company found out that I was disengaged uh, being an engineer and they were kind enough. They put me in procurement, which is like in another city. But still, I took it because I didn't really enjoy the engineering job. Took this procurement job, went there. It was amazing. The reason being too many variables. Uh, it was chaotic. So that's what I like. The process was mm. completely broken. I need to deal with a lot of people. It, nothing was fixed. I will need to put everything in, train a few other people as well, put in some automation so that we reduce our manual work, put in some processes wherein like we made uh, the negotiations much more improved, wherein like we brought in a lot, a lot of savings and stuff. This happened for close to one, one and a half years. And then it struck me, okay, what next? Right? Like after mm. you do it for quite some time, you start thinking, okay, what next? And uh, what happened again, information wise, I was pretty standard. I didn't have enough information. I didn't have proper contacts. At least in India, I feel the career counseling again is not like very well developed. We didn't have that kind of infra as well. So I started looking to my peers, what exactly they are doing, how exactly we can emulate them and stuff. So a lot of my friends did uh, MS, MS in their, uh, as a postgraduate in their respective streams in engineering. Uh, in fact, I also published a paper on artificial intelligence, which got like published just to be on a safer side that if in the future I want to go for an MS, I need to have some background, <laughs> right? So I did that as well, but a lot of other friends also focused towards CAT and going into MBA. Since I like mm. procurement and also a lot of other peers within the company who joined with me were also preparing for CAT. I thought, okay, let me just give it a try. And again, lucky first attempt cleared and got I am Bangalore. That's how it was more of a herd mentality. Uh, Took the peer uh, groups consents and then like went into it. Yeah, so not really like a conscious choice of this is what I want to do in my career, looking around, seeing that some people go to MBA and I said, okay, let me try that as well. Exactly. All right. So how did you get, or, or, or maybe not, right? But how, how did you get out of that herd man mentality? Or do you see your, your career still today, you know, comparing yourself to, to other people? Or, or do you have a different view by now? No, I think uh, I have changed a lot. The reason being the two years in MBA was really eye-opening. So uh, the first thing, I met a lot of people, which opened up a lot of new avenues. It's, it's kind of opening, right? Like people from all over the country come there into one campus mm. who also has some experience in different domains. Talking with these people, like opened up a lot of new avenues. I got to know that there are other jobs which exist beyond mm. engineering, procurement and stuff. And beyond yeah, that... I a lot of non-engineers probably in, in MBA yeah, as well. Yeah, a lot of non-engineers as well, yes. Uh, never knew such CAs and other stuff even existed before, mm. right? Like, so now I got to know all these things, but the two important things that really changed was the collective internship experience and a course called PVGCO. So this internship experience, it's part of our MBA program. We're in like mm. mid-year, we are sent to some companies to work for. I worked in uh, ABI for two months over there, understanding the culture and stuff. But it was more about the discussions I had with the other people. Like they worked in different companies, what projects they were working on, what exactly the industry is working on, uh, how is the value of the company, what exactly they focus on. So using those collective internship experiences, I had created some kind of a mental model saying that, okay, this industry performs like this. And this is the personality you will need to have to perform in that sphere. So I had those mental models, but again, it was too many in number. To narrow it down is what uh, happened in my PVGCO course. So 
PVGCOS personal values uh, growth and career options it's taken by professor uh, ramya ranganathan so she gave a very simple thing right like there are 7 billion people in this world and everyone is unique you have different parents you grow in different environments the way you are conditioned is different means that whatever personal values you have come from this environment now when you are looking uh, at these individuals they are different but everyone seeks only one thing which is happiness in life yeah that is the sole purpose and that is the sole goal every human being is like looking forward to now that brought in a lot of uh, introspection into me have i been doing something wrong what am i looking into my future and stuff when i looked at some really like um, uh, astounding professionals right like for example sachin tendulkar he likes playing cricket cricket makes him happy so that's why he's playing that elon musk mm. he likes solving problems so the entire of boring company was started just because he was unhappy on road right so people do things to make themselves happy just uh, one point of contention over there i also realized that while seeking your happiness you should not be intrusive not entering into other spheres because you are coexisting we will need to look from that that angle as well right what, so what, what does that, that mean so i'm 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 a bit lost on, on that what, what do you mean there not being intrusive when when looking for happiness so let's say that like uh, happiness for me is like plucking an ice cream from a kid now that is being intrusive enough i'm going into other one sphere taking the ice cream for okay. to make myself happy so that is something which okay. we will need to be aware of rather than like being intrusive focus on your happiness but everyone can coexist in their spheres finding mm. their own happiness i think that's no. the place where i broke the chain started looking inwards trying to do things which made me happy rather than looking outside hmm so basically getting out of the the kind of peer pressure not necessarily looking at what your parents would expect or your family or where you are versus your your peers but really reflecting okay what what motivates me what what am i passionate about exactly exactly for example yeah. i can just talk a bit more about my mba schools as well right uh, so there um, we whenever i used to go to the strategy classes the next moment i will feel okay i want to become the strategy consultant this is what will make <laughs> me happy I, and then i go to a marketing class and then the prof will blow your mind and you will be like okay this is uh, marketing and this seems so interesting maybe like this is what will make me happy so looking for these small pockets of happiness here and there but then like finding the right route i think that's what like really put me on on path to figure out what exactly i want to do and stuff yeah uh, it's it's a great example because i hear a lot of people who think that marketing is the role that will make them super happy or consultant right i think those are the two most yes, most uh, yeah sold out roles here here in india after studying engineering you need to become a marketeer or you need to become a, a consultant right yeah. but but i want to challenge that a little bit though because it looks like this marketing role is like amazing and you're going to be happy the whole day through uh, the same with whatever being a ceo or being a director it looks like these jobs are just 100% 8 hours a day 10 hours a day happiness but there i i kind of disagree right because uh, i think at least based upon my experience i did a lot of different types of roles but i think in every role that you do how beautiful it might look from the outside there's always certain aspects to that role that you won't like right that you will not really prefer to do maybe there's a, a piece of administration that you really don't like 
uh, but you still need to do it, right? Uh, or maybe there is uh, some data analysis and number crunching that you need to do to take the right decision, but you might not like it and you might want to be more more, more creative, right? So have you experienced that as well when you started looking and found a role that you really liked, that there are still certain aspects of that role, you know, that, that might not be that, that sexy or might not make you happy? Totally, sir. So uh, it's more about the attitude of finding happiness mm. in any place rather than looking for that one happy place, right? Like, so my first mm. role in uh, ABI for that matter the PPM role. It is kind of the right hand for uh, the global director looking out the entire operations, managing the budgets and everything. But it involved a lot of monotonous work. For me, like I like the chaotic environment, but monotony is something which is not I usually prefer. It involved a lot of tech making, setting up meetings, getting the things aligned and stuff. But still, I feel that like there should be some effort from our side to really seek out for those things which will make us happy. When I was there in that role, uh, I just like went out after doing this job, maybe a bit more effort on standardizing so that I get some more time to focus on some other things. Went to the towers, understand how exactly they are performing. My happy place is uh, technology and data. How exactly I can impose this on these stars. How exactly I can be useful in those angles. So this was fruitful for me as well. Like, for example, I was working with the... Uh, tower how to improve the screening process for our recruitment using AGI technologies or on the finance side looking into blockchain how exactly we can put it which was fruitful the company rewarded me they sent me to work with a startup in California to figure out if it will really come out those were some amazing times happy times right like unless otherwise yeah. like, I, I, would have, I wouldn't have put those efforts this wouldn't have come in my way I would have been stuck there yeah. doing the routine jobs and stuff so I think it's more to do with the attitude as such, wherein like we seek out, yes, this might not be the happiest place, but let me look for it, figure out how exactly I can be happy in this particular place. That Yeah, that's it. That's it, man. I, I always believe that you need to shape your role, right? There are certain things that are in the job description, like you mentioned in the PPM role, right? I think the great benefit of this type of role is that you work directly with all the leaders in, in our GCC. But a big part of the role is pretty routine right as you said it's it's preparing meetings sending the meeting minutes you know <laughs> uh, creating the, the decks the powerpoint decks etc but i think and what i've seen in that role because every year we put a different campus hire in that role and what is amazing to see is that every campus hire is shaping that role in a very different way right you could go into the role like you said and say oh man i just need to create decks and i need to do meeting minutes this is boring this is not something for a campus hire but the best part of the role is that, and this is with every role, I think you can shape it, right? And, and, and focus on certain things that you might be more interested in or that you are very strong in and bring that to the role, right? But I love this topic of, uh, of happiness. It's something that I've read quite a lot about in, in the last years. By the way, there's a lot of research about this topic nowadays. If you, if you kind of Google happiness books, there's like a whole list of uh, business books about happiness, right? Uh, not philosophical books even, but really business books. And one of the great books that I came across uh, is written by Srikumar Rao. Not sure if you ever, yeah, no, I read this book even before I came to India, by the way. So it's probably three, four years ago I read the book. Uh, very, very interesting book uh, where he talks about happiness. It's called Happiness at Work, yeah? but, but it doesn't really, it's, it's not about happiness 
at work as being in the office. It's more as how do you make happiness work or something like this. But anyway, I think it's a, it's a great book. And, and what he basically says, or one of the, the key premises in his book, is that as human beings, what we tend to do in our daily lives is that we label everything. Right? So as we go through a day, we label everything. So imagine that I arrive in the office in the morning, uh, I go grab uh, a coffee, and I will label if it's a good coffee or a bad coffee. First thing I'll do is, oh man, this coffee is bad. No, oh man, this coffee is really nice today. I will go to my computer, start up the computer. I'll say, oh man, the computer is being very slow today, right? It's very bad. Or you will label it good. Oh, look, everything is ready, ready to go. You will meet a colleague, you'll label the colleague. You'll say, man, this is a great colleague that I had. It's like, man, this is a this is not so well-performing colleague. So we tend to label everything that we do. And so what he says is that if you're conscious that you're doing this label, labeling the whole day through, you will notice that you make yourself happy or unhappy. Yeah? So the more that you realize that you're labeling a lot of things negatively, you're creating your own unhappiness, right? And so when one of the one of the videos that I saw, this remembered rem- reminded me of a video that I saw literally 20 years ago, and it's still available today on, on YouTube. Uh, it's called Fish! Exclamation uh, mark. If you Google it, you need to look for fish and, and service mindset or something like this. It's a great video that demonstrates the same thing. Yeah? And that basically uh, shows a group uh, or yeah, a group of people, three four, three, four people who are selling fish. Right? They have a stall where they sell fish somewhere on the supermarket and there's a lot of other stalls who sell fish and vegetables and whatever. And the only thing that is different here with this stall is it attracts a massive amount of customers. It's like super successful. And it's not because they're cheaper or because they have fresher fish or something like that. It's just because of the attitude, the way that they perform their job. right? And the job that they're doing is very basic. Right? They take a fish, they need to weigh it, they need to wrap it and give it to the customer. And they do this the whole day through, right? So you could label this easily as, man, this is a boring job. It's a bad job. It's routine. It's very, very smelly, by the way, if you, if you smell fish the whole day. <laughs> so they typically would label all of this as bad. But what they do, and unconsciously probably, is they make it an amazing experience. You should really watch the video. These people are there, the three of them, they're, they're picking up the fish. They're making jokes with the customers. They throw the fish to the other guy. He then takes it. He cuts it in a whatever, some kind of entertaining way. They wrap it in a very different way. And, you know, they interact and they enjoy their job, right? So I think that is also something that, that we as people need to realize that on the one hand, we tend to label all the time. Uh, and if you're aware of it, okay, you can kind of change your your perception. And one thing that we do is we label our job and, and the tasks that we're doing all day, right? Is that something that you recognize? Because I see you're nodding when I gave the example of, of copy, but is it something that you recognize that you also see that when you go through your job that you say, oh man, this I, I like in my job, this I don't like in my job? Yeah, that obviously comes, right, sir? So to also make yeah. sure the team understands the entire uh, other ones who they are working with, empathize with them, understand who, uh, what exactly is driving them. So that is one thing which I feel, uh, which I want to continue doing and which has been successful. 
second thing i want the team also to empathize with the other managers the leaders basically a lot of times this the reverse does not happen always we want our managers to be like really perfect be empathetic uh, like uh, be understanding give us work that we are comfortable with and stuff but the reverse to understand the manager why exactly he or she is saying that why should we even do this that never happens i think that is something which uh, i feel i will need to start doing especially uh, asking my team to do it rather than uh, only me doing it right like trying to ask asking them to empathize with me or the senior leaders understand why these things are happening which will be more of a symbiotic relationship wherein like we can help each other in this entire process and grow accordingly so these are like two aspects one empathizing with the team which i will i have started doing which i expect the other leaders also to do the second one is asking the team to empathize with you as hmm. a leader how exactly do you think you will react in these situations yeah all right nice very nice man so if i basically summarize our conversation here into what maybe two things that you wish your boss told you that at the beginning of your career i think one key takeaway is that look for a type of role that makes you happy right don't just look at your peers don't be guided by the you know peer pressure or herd uh, type of behavior look at what makes you happy and and really focus on that and be really good at it and second which i like here is what you just mentioned is empathize also with your boss right don't just complain about your boss but try to understand his or her point of view because that will give you more context yep. and probably will make you happier as well in your job right is that a good summary yep yep perfect all right great vinod thanks to join us here on this podcast some uh, great learnings and i wish you all the best in your career thank you serge thank you all right cheers thank you for listening to us we'll meet again soon with more interesting stories and insights that will make you think i wish my boss told me that cheers